tree that's still able to bend in the wind Followed his heart but used his head And always had a helping hand to lend It seems he was always there So I never really knew what I had Some folks called him special I just called him dad And that's a bit of a brand new song called I Just Called Him Dad, a very special song from my guest, Don Graham, who will tell us all about the inspiration behind that song. We'll hear it in its entirety uh, a bit later in the show, so stay tuned. Don has a lot going on. He recorded that song with Norbert Putnam uh, in Muscle Shoals, and we'll get the story on that. And he's got a uh, song release coming up at Dora Keogh in Toronto on January 24th. Without further ado, let's welcome Don Graham to the show. Hey, Don. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I am doing just wonderful. It's always a pleasure to chat with you off the show and on the show. You as well, Dave. You as well. Always enjoy talking to you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all the support, and I appreciate the fact that we're going to be debuting I Just Called Him Dad, your brand new song, here on the show. So this that's incredible. This is the first time it's ever been played on the air. Wow. I just got copies of it a couple of weeks ago, and we just finished it all, so you were a natural choice to play it first. Well, I do appreciate that. Is this song going to be available for uh, our listeners to get at some point? Is it available now? And January the 22nd, it will be released worldwide. It will be in 320 stores and 26, oh, sorry, sorry, it's 26 stores, 320 countries on January 22nd. So Spotify, iTunes, everywhere where you stream music. And if you want to get a copy right. from me personally, uh, I will sign one for you. If you want a hard copy, just email me at dongrahamwriter at gmail.com, and I'll, for $10 or 100 thin dimes, I'll get you a copy. <laughs> that reminds me of your great line, I can stop on a dime and give you nine cents change from one of your songs. Yep. <laughs> That's the song got what it takes. That's on our Willing Heart album. You got some great songs, and you are a great writer. Let's before we get into this song specifically. Sure. When did you get your start in music, Don? When did songwriting and singing uh, hit you, and, and you decided to pursue it? Well, I was a kid. I was probably like everybody else. I, I fourteen, fifteen. I got a guitar because I thought I would impress the girls, so I did that. And <laughs> the way I started writing songs was I would play a song for somebody that I heard on the radio, and they go, "What's that?" And I tell them, and they say, "No, it's not." So I figured, well, if I'm making up melodies, I may as well just write my own. <laughs> so that's actually how I started writing songs. So by playing a song the wrong way, you actually wrote your own. Yeah, I'd have the wrong chords because I didn't know what I was doing. So I, and they go, that's not the right chords, that's the wrong song. And So it was a, really a totally different melody that I'd written. So I just figured, well, if I'm going to do that, I may wow. as well just write my own songs. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that over the years, not only have you been a solo act, but you've been part of a group or two. Oh yeah, Graham County was a band in the uh, '70s that did quite well for us, and then I had a I had a really fun duo with Jim Schrock in in 1980, 81. We had a group called Graham and Schrock that toured all over the place. We had a bus. We worked 48 weeks a year as a type band. It's wow. not like the old days. The old days is not like now, where it's hard to find work. We couldn't. We needed to beg for time off back then. <laughs> and I know that you've talked about some great stories. Uh, 
in the past with me and listening to radio stations. And if I'm not mistaken, was it a station out of Montreal that you got to hear a lot of the great classic country artists back in the day? Well, actually, no. I was living in Montreal, but they had no country stations. So on a really clear night, um, I could get WWVA in Wheeling, West Virginia. Right. And I would listen to the Wheeling Jamboree on Saturday nights and just listen to the show during the week. And that's where I would hear all the classic country music and the... That's the first southern accent I'd ever heard. I'd never heard it before being in Montreal. It just it blew me away, some of the, the way they talked. And just a great. And I just fell in love with the, the whole genre and the songs, and I couldn't wait to hear more of it. So the, the first 45s I were buying and albums I were buying were country, because it just really spoke to me. Do you have any one favorite? For my dad, it was Hank Williams. I mean, he liked other country artists. He loved country music, especially that era. But Hank Williams was his guy. He bought everything of his, and that's the guy he identified with. Do you have one like that, Don, that kind of stands out from the others? Actually, one of the ones that I really, really enjoyed back in the day was Roger Miller. He was just such a great writer, and I loved his attitude, loved his songs. But Roger could write songs that were funny, but he'd always have a poignant line in there that just mm. blew me away. I thought he was one of the best songwriters. And then Christopherson, of course, was a big influence on me as well because he suddenly was writing songs that were um, much, much more emotional and, and almost like the folk songs of Eric Anderson back in the day. You know, they were really touching songs, which, mm -hmm. which they weren't writing in Nashville then. In fact, they were banning it. They were banning Help Me Make It Through Night and For The Good Times on some stations because they thought it was too graphic. Your fingers oh, on wow. my skin and things like that. They didn't like that in yeah. country music at the time. So Chris really broke that open for everybody to, to to be open and sing that kind of stuff. Well, let's get to one of the main reasons we're here. Of course, we're here to have a great conversation, you and I, Don. But we're here to debut, I just called him Dad, here on the show. Uh, people are going to love this song. Very special song to you. And a lot of people have heard it, and they feel it's about their dad as well, which is the mark of a great song. Tell me a bit more about I Just Called Him Dad. You see, I, I could never write a song for my dad. I tried for years, 40 years probably, to write a song for dad. And I didn't want a punch you in the shoulder, hey, pops kind of song. I definitely didn't want a me and my old man kind of thing. I, I just thought, you know, I want songs for mom where I always found easy to write because they came from my heart. I could, why can't I write a song for my heart about my dad? I love my dad with all my heart. And every year, or every day, every writing session, I was, I'm going to write something for Dad, and nothing ever happened. So then I stopped trying, and I made a promise to myself that every Father's Day, I would at least try. And every Father's Day, I fell flat, except this one, uh, uh, 2017. I picked up my old 1951 flat top, and things started coming out, and I went, oh, man, I think I might have something here. So within a couple wow. of hours... Something I was really happy with and really proud of. But again, I wasn't thinking about recording, and I was just thinking, fine, the monkey's off my back. I got a song for Dad. But then everywhere I played it for people would go, wow, that's really something. So we were doing a, a bar gig, actually, at the Duke, and I figured, I'm going to do it here, which is the wrong, total wrong place to do it. You know, it's a ballad. And I thought, well, at least I'll get to sing it into a PA. <laughs> you know, I'll get to hear what it sounds like. <laughs> so I started singing. I got through a couple of verses in the chorus, and I... And I noticed that they were all really quiet, and they were all looking at me. So I thought, well, maybe my fly's down or something. I don't know. They're, just, they're paying too much attention. And then I saw people wiping their eyes. I went, wow. And then, you know, all the compliments afterwards. And I played it outdoors at a festival, and the same reaction. People going, wow, that, that, that sounds like it's about my dad. So then in September, Kelly Gruber and I went down east and did a little tour of the Maritimes in Halifax and uh, 
Kentville in that area. And Kelly did his baseball thing, and I did some music stuff and did little house concert things. And I got the same reaction from everybody. So Kelly says to me, "So you got something there, man? We got to get you got to find a way to record that." So my buddy Sean Ennis in Halifax said, "I can help you, you know, with the recording of it and get you set up." Mm-hmm. So I sent an MP3 of it to Norbert Putnam, my friend in Muscle Shoals. And Norbert sent me back an email saying, this is a really great song. Let's find a way to record this. Come on down to the Shoals. So that was October 25th. And November 20th, I was on a plane, and I was in Muscle Shoals, and I was recording at the Nighthouse with an amazing <laughs> band that Norbert put together for me. Oh, man. I had James LeBlanc on guitar. James is a songwriter who wrote uh, Modern Day Bonnie and Clyde and uh, Relentless for Jason Aldean. He's written, uh, he just got a song on the, the new Tim McGraw-Faith Hill album, duet album. I had him nice. on guitar. On piano, I had a guy named Randy McCormick, and Randy's played with uh, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw, but he also played that iconic lick on old-time rock and roll for Bob Seger in Muscle Shoals. And on drums, I had a guy named Milton Sledge, and Milton is a G-man, which is Garth Brooks' studio band, so he's played on every Garth Brooks record since 1988. And on bass, I had that kid. Wow, Don. Yeah, Norbert Putnam has played on 120 Elvis records and played on Poke Salad Annie. <laughs> and then producing, uh, I got Norbert Putnam, who produced Margaritaville for Jimmy Buffett, uh, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down for John Baez, all damn Fogelberg stuff. I mean, I'm sitting there going, man, what am I doing here? But you know what, man? They all made me feel like I belonged, and I felt like they, the feeling that they gave me was, this is my band, and we're just going to have we're going to have fun, we're going to make some music. And I didn't get the feeling that I was with these amazing session people and I wasn't intimidated at all they just made me feel right at home and it's true what they say about Muscle Shoals there is something magical in the air there we're you know it's that old Tennessee River the river that sings and there's just something in the air it was an amazing magical experience and I was so thrilled and happy with it and can't thank those guys enough well I want to play the song now Don for our listeners to hear many of them will be hearing it for the first time uh, and it is just a beautiful song. And we'll come back. We have lots more to talk about. Uh, but let's hear the song now from my guest, Don Graham. I just called him dad here on In the Country. He never walked on water. But growing up, I was pretty sure he could have. I didn't always listen when he spoke. Looking back, I know now that I should have He was just a man who took a stand He never took a pass or walked away He said a man's word is his bond So say what you mean and mean what you say When the hard times hit, he had to quit school to make a buck or two. He had a grade nine education, but he was the smartest man I ever knew. He worked nine to five all his life. He never got to chase his pot of gold. It's time I told you all The greatest story never told 
tree that's still able to bend in the wind Followed his heart but used his head And always had a helping hand to lend It seems he was always there So I never really knew what I had Some folks called him special I just called him dad He taught me how to ride a bike He taught me how to throw a ball And he taught me how to get back up Each and every time that I would fall He taught me how to tie my shoes And he taught me how to fish He said a dream without a plan, son Is no more than a Still able to bend in the wind Followed his heart, produced his head And always had a helping hand to lend It seems he was always there So I never really knew what I had And that is my guest, Don Graham, with his brand new song, I Just Called Him Dad, which he wrote and has released. Uh, it will be available uh, in about a week uh, in many places, including iTunes, for you to purchase. And uh, great to have a chance to debut the song right here, Don. That is great. And uh, again, as we listen to that song, we, we just hear how beautiful it is. And what I love about your voice in that, I mean, it's a storyteller voice. It's believable, and it's just uh, just sounds great to listen to. Oh, thanks, Dave. I really appreciate it. It was done basically in one or two takes. What happened was I, I had the lyric sheet in front of me. I'm not really sure why, but I had it in front of me, and I wasn't really uh, – I'd done a couple of passes on it. And Norbert uh, from the control room said, bring me those lyrics. I need to, to check what you're doing. I, I said, okay. And I took him in. I said, well, I don't have a set now. He said, that's okay. You don't need it. <laughs> so I got out, and I just sang it from my heart. He said, just sing it like you're singing it to your dad, like he's sitting in front of you. So all of a sudden, I wasn't distracted by reading the lyric sheet, which I didn't need to read because I knew the song, obviously. And that changed the whole dynamic of it. So I think we did two or three takes of that, and that was it. Wow. Well, it sounds yeah. great. And you're going to be uh, debuting the song live on, uh, or another debut of it, on uh, the 24th of January at, yes, uh, at Dora Keo Pub. Pub. 
Yep. In Toronto, yeah, this is a great place. I've been there before for uh, a couple other events. Uh, doors open around 7, and then you'll go on a bit later. Tell me uh, what we can expect that night. Well, I'm going to do uh, – you're going to be hosting, which is a real uh, honor for me to have you there because you're one of the biggest supporters of Canadian country music that I know. And to have you there will really make it very special. And I'm going to do uh, – I'm going to do a, I'll do a set. I'm going to do, like, you know, nine or ten songs and leading up to the dad song. And a lot, most of them will be related to my dad or to, to the songwriting process that I did to get to this song. And then I'm going to stick around. I'll uh, I'll sign some CDs and – uh, anybody that comes to the show will will get a copy of the CD when they come, and I'll stick around. And I'll right. shake some babies and kiss some hands, and or no, no, I'll shake some hands and kiss some babies. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we're going to be there at seven o'clock. We'll have you home in time for the news. <laughs> well, I love that you put humor. I mean, not only as we talk here, and we just heard humor from you, but uh, in your songs too. You mentioned Roger Miller earlier. You do that as well. You've got the very serious songs, like we just heard on the show, but you also do some fun songs, which I love. Well, I, I think I've always thought that uh, people don't go to a, uh, go to see somebody just to get all serious. They, they go to have a good time. You want people to say, "Man, I want to go back and see that guy again. That was fun." So I do songs like my own grandpa, my own grandpa, just because it's a really, it's a fun song. It's a tricky song to do, but it's fun. So I've always thought that a comfortable <laughs> audience or a comfortable performer makes for a comfortable audience, and vice versa. So I try and make people comfortable, and people, everybody wants to smile, everybody wants to laugh, and the world we're living in right now is really kind of dark, and you know, not a lot mm-hmm. of hope in a lot of areas. So yeah, the more I can do for that, the better. And I love to perform. Period. That's probably my favorite thing to do. You've got some uh, other performances coming up uh, with the great Lisa Hart. Tell me yeah. what you and Lisa have planned. I love working with Lisa. Lisa and I have written some great songs together. We wrote a song for her brother called Don't Tell Me How I Feel, which is a really classic song. Her brother brother passed away, but it's a beautiful song. And I love Lisa's a, a major. She's probably one of the best singers to ever come out of Canada, honestly. With the Lisa Hart band, she had a song called Old Time Movie that was a classic. And So we're doing something on February the 11th i believe it's a sunday and it's in oakville so and it's for me i get to work with two legends i get lisa hart and the great michael williams of course who's a a much vj legend right uh, i get both of them Terrific. on the, and that one's early that's a, a two o'clock start so two to four you can go be home time for dinner <laughs> that is going to be a great show and uh we've been talking you and i about michael peterson the great uh, country yeah. artist who's still putting out great music, and he had Drink, Swear, Steal, and Lie from Here yep. to Eternity and uh, some other great country chart toppers. I love this guy, and you started talking about him again. And Tell me how you and Michael connected and, and some planes you have. Well, we hooked up. Um, again, I was sitting around with Norbert. Well, actually, I was sitting in Norbert's house, and we were playing songs, and, and out, of, out of nowhere he just said, have you ever heard of Michael Peterson? I said, oh, man, I love him. He reminded me of Bobby Bear. For some reason, physically he looks like Bobby Bear, and he just was a mm-hmm. really good, good entertainer. And Norm said, "You know, he's one of the best country singers I've ever heard." And then Michael and I connected, and we just hit it off, and we're uh, we're talking about doing some shows together up here, and doing maybe a, a songwriter thing. And and we just started writing a song today. We're going to finish it. Uh, he's got some stuff to do with his new album that's coming out, and then so man, in the middle of February, we're going to finish writing this song, and we plan to write a bunch Great. of stuff. That is very cool with uh, Michael Peterson. Wow. Uh, yeah, you got to have him on your show. I'll, I'll, oh, please do. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll send you his info. 
great, great guy, too. Really, really humble and just so talented, man. Man, I, w- I would love to uh, speak with him and, and uh, I think he was what the, he's doing now and, a, and about his great songs. I believe he was in the top eight uh, out of ten for airplay in, in the 90s, some year in the 90s, 98 maybe. He was right up there with Garth Brooks, Clint Black, and Michael Peterson was one of them. And and I think his From yeah. Here to Eternity is the number five wedding song. I don't know where they get their numbers from, but it's it's right up there anyways. Yeah. From Here to Eternity, beautiful, beautiful song. Oh, I'm really song. thrilled. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be. Well, good for you. Yeah. So on the subject of songwriting, Don, you know, it's different for everyone, and it's different each time you go to write, but what are some ways that you generate ideas or get inspiration to find you? Let's say if if an idea isn't hitting you in a natural way, do you have a way of, you know, looking at uh, newspaper headlines or listening to conversations? How do you generate song ideas? I don't really do it through newspaper headlines, and I don't do it through... I'll, I'll get an idea, a line will hit me, uh, or I'll hear something. Uh, and I saw something, I threw a stone in the water and I saw the, the ripples. I thought a nice line would be the ripples from the stone you threw have gone across the bay. Like, you know, and that could, it could be metaphoric mm-hmm. for like somebody muddying up the water. So I'll get an idea of a line or something. Usually with me it starts with, with the lyric. Like with Dad, I, I, I sat down with my guitar and I got, he never walked on water, but... Growing up, I was pretty sure he could have, and then it just it all emanated from that and flowed from yeah. that. So I, I think that songwriting has always been to me. It's just been observation. Songwriters have to be great observers, and you do the same when you're writing. You'll sit in a coffee shop and see something, or you'll see uh, an interaction with people, and we yep. take that interaction and we turn it into something. Great, you know. Granted, we embellish it. It's never exactly like what we saw, but we're, we have to be strong observers, and then we have to find a way to put that. Uh, into a song. And I've always said that the problem with, not the problem, but one of the things about songwriting people don't realize is that the mandate, if somebody told you at the beginning of your process, okay, Dave, you need to tell me a story that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. You need to tell that story in three minutes, and it has to rhyme. And you have to tell it in a way that (laughs) nobody else has ever told it. You go, I can't do that. Nobody can do that. But that's what we do every time we write a song. Yeah. And, you know, you'll sit down when you do your rewrites. Okay, I didn't do this right. And it's really a, it's a, it's a craft that, you know, I hear these, these kids that go, they, they go on these trips, oh, I just wrote 15 songs today. Give me a break. Uh, you don't write 15 songs a day. You write one good one. Take 10 yeah. days to write it if you have to. But I don't like this. You know, one thing, when I did the song, a Dad, at, at, a, at, at, at the Duke, and the kid, some guys, the sound man made a great comment to me that I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to brag, but he said, you know, anybody can write a song, but you're a songwriter. I thought, man, that's 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 a that's one of the best wow. compliments I've ever been paid. But it is true because I've yeah. spent forty years crafting it. Which most of the good songwriters that you know and I know, they've done the same thing. They work at it. It doesn't just pour out. No, it's it's not there in the beginning for most songwriters. There's the love of it and a natural yep. talent, but to get as good as a songwriter needs to get, and that takes years to get to that point, and the songs get better and better because, as you know, you'll learn as you go. You realize the mistakes you're making, and you just get better. Oh, Dave, when I was in Nashville in the early 70s, mid-70s, I I took down what I thought were the 12 best songs on the planet. I knew they were the best because I wrote them. And this guy just threw the tape. He was a big (laughs) name. I won't mention his name. He threw the tape at me. He said, you like this stuff? This is terrible. Wow. He said, if you're going to do this, he said, you're nowhere near ready to be in Nashville. He said, you go home and work at your craft, and then you tell me. Then you come back. 
And I'll tell you what, that was in 1974. And in 1980, I signed a songwriting deal with Irving Almo because I went home. He said, you go back home, you listen to the good songwriters. You try and figure out what they're doing, and you try and do it your way. And I took them seriously, and I worked at it, and I realized that it's a craft. It's like anything else. You don't pick up a guitar and start to play it. You take your time. Mm-hmm. You learn. The old 10,000-hour yeah. rule, you know? So that was yeah. the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I went home with my tail tucked between my legs saying, man, I'm, I'm, here I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, and this guy's who knows songs <laughs> is telling me that I'm writing crap. We said, you know, go home and work at whole, it. Yeah, and the whole trick there is in your response, because I could see people handling it different ways, the way you did, oh, yeah. I'm going to get better. Somebody else might be so rejected or so hurt, they might never sit down and write another song again. So it's proof there that you don't give up just because you get criticized. Oh, no, no, no. Dave, my first reaction when he said that, as I stormed out, I went to the IHOP, I thought, what do you know? And then Norbert told me a right. great story about Kenny Rogers. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, I took my tape into to, uh to a guy and he didn't like it. And I thought, well, this guy's an idiot. I'm going to go get his name so I remember this idiot when I make it big. He said, then I met 67 other idiots and didn't know what they were doing. (laughs) And then I realized it was me. (laughs) So you just work at it and make it better. Yeah. Well, that's it. And that's what you've got to do. You you know, somebody is going to give you constructive criticism on your song or say this isn't good, that isn't good. But that's when you don't give up. That's when you bear down and you, you get better and you learn from the greats. You ha- you know, anybody can compliment you and blow smoke and make you think that you're the greatest. But when you hear the stuff that, that he says you're doing wrong and you think about it, you know, you know what, he's right. And I also, I have to look at this guy and think, well, this guy's got gold records on his wall. I got nothing. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I should pay attention. <laughs> and anyway, so it took me six years to finally get a songwriting deal, but I ended up moving to Toronto and, and uh, Brian Chater signed me to Irving Elmo as a writer. So there you go. It's all, and you know, you've, you've written songs long enough now that now I know what I'm doing, but back then I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I thought I did, and nobody was telling me the truth. They were, you know, you'd sing it for your friends. Oh, that's great, man. That's the best thing I've ever that's heard. That's it, no. yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. need to get that feedback because your family and friends, as we all know, will say it's great because they're not listening in the same way oh, of course. to think in terms of what's on the radio and that this is not my brother or my sister singing it. So, uh, But it's taking that criticism and just, using it to make yourself better. Don, I want to thank you so much. Once again, the time has flown by. But again, yeah. thank you for not only the conversation, but getting to debut, I Just Called Him Dad. What a great song. Oh, Dave, I'm so happy that you, that you took the time to debut it. It's, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for big things from this song, just because it's a, it's a special song, and uh, it seems to have a life of its own. I'm hoping for it anyway. And I look forward to seeing you out at uh, Dora Kehoe in Toronto on the 24th of January. Uh, Doors open at 7, and then we'll get things started a bit later. I get to host, and uh, you're going to do a bunch of songs. It's going to be great. I look forward to it, man. I'll see you then. Sounds great. Once again, my guest has been Don Graham. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.